Okay, you guys, let's do this. It's gonna be so professional. Mm-hmm. Like, so professional. Here we go. Welcome to the Lab Support Podcast with your host, Michelle Van Dusen and June Colson, a couple of clean comedians who support each other and others through comedy's wacky and whining roads. I hope you're ready. Kids set. Let's go. Since podcasts have a catchy tune, we wrote this song for Michelle and June. Clean comedians are best friends too. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> and you never know what they'll say or do. Here we go, sing with y'all. support, board, board. With Michelle, who's really short. We'll have a ball, ball, ball. With June, who's really tall. They have fun, fun, fun. Interviewing comedians. On my support, board, board. With Michelle, who's really short. Welcome to the award-winning Laugh Support Podcast. I'm your host, June Colson, aka June Bug, here with my best friend Michelle with one L, Trisha's sister, and Rhonda Colson Corey comedy best friend, except well. After me, after me, of course. Well, I mean, Michelle Vanderson. <laughs> Hello, Michelle. We're, we're, are you we're best me? friends at the we're best friends at the same time. It's not like oh, after okay. you. It's just yeah. she'll see you first because you know you're head and shoulders taller than everyone else. Like the whole crowd, you'll be like, oh, I true. see Rhonda, and and then you just like drag me along. Like, come on, Michelle, let's go. So this is true. You know. so it's not like a elementary school playground best friends where you can only have one bestie, and and that's no. it. Or I'm not like removed from your birthday party list or anything. No, you know, my birthday is coming up. So um, you're on the list. This, you're the only one on the list. So uh, make it good. True. This is true. This is true. How, now, how old will you be, Michelle? Oh, I don't know. Michelle? Uh, that's That requires math. It's 50 something. I don't know. Four, five. I don't know. 57. Isn't that weird how you do get to an age where you you honestly have to think for a minute how old you are. It's like a, you turn 16, that's super exciting. You turn 18, that's super exciting. You turn 21, that's super exciting. And then 30, and then 40. And then it's like, why are we <laughs> Why are we discussing it anymore? It's not so much fun. No, I'm not. Listen, I'll tell you how old I am. I'm 47 years old. And um, I am not one of those people who are like, oh, don't ask me my age. Like, because literally, I truly am like, if God gave me another year, I'm going to give him glory for it, right? 47 years growing up the way I did with my daddy <laughs> and my mama and the cars we drove or pushed or jacked up to you know fix or whatever um yeah i i survived i survived okay let's talk really quick michelle i want to talk really quick about your super fun scavenger hunt you had in your office this morning oh no (laughs) (laughs) so um i don't know if anybody's following my instagram um so i have a kitten in my house right now and uh which is so funny because yesterday my son because it's my son's kitten and we're just waiting for it to get old enough so he can go to college with him and so my son even asked me yesterday he's not too much trouble is he i'm like no he's fine it's fine mr fox is doing fine you know no worries because i'll send him like a little video of him purring or um where he's sleeping like he was laying on ross's legs yesterday well he had his one paw on ross's leg ross was napping the cat was napping it was just adorable right you know because it's a little little baby kitten anyway um i closed my office door at night well apparently he was still in the office because he tucks and hides 
So he was kind of trapped in my office for the evening. Yeah, what a surprise that was this morning. It's like, whoo, oh, where was the kitten? So um, I have half my items are in the hallway. I did, I did end up finding what I think is the only pile that he left. Um, he didn't mean to. It was, you know, if, if I would have actually gotten out of bed at five when I woke up this morning, I would have heard him and I would have, he would have been fine, you know, cause he, he tries not to mess anywhere, but in his box. So I don't yes. know. Yes. <sighs> well, sorry, sorry if I look distracted. Speaking of my family, my sister's like emergency, wait, not an emergency. Okay. Somebody called me. Never mind, It wasn't them. Okay. Can you, <laughs> I'm like, am I panicking right now or am I not Bobby Joe? What is happening here? Okay. Well, so Bobby just like has to wait. Yes, yeah. it looks like it was a butt dial, so she distracted me for no reason. It's all good. Uh, it's all good. A backside well, posterior <laughs> dial. Fantastic. Yes. yes. <laughs> so so with your your sweet little yeah. kitty cat, it was making mm -hmm. me think, like, my husband can never watch this episode of Laugh Support because I'm going to, I'm, I don't know how I did it, but I used what? to get up with our dog at five o'clock in the morning, hmm. and I would take our dog out, right? I would yeah. get up, I would take our dog out. My yeah. husband has... um you know, a real job schedule. I don't, I should get up at 5am and take the dog out. Right. Uh -huh. yes, yes. But at some should. point, at some point I lay there and pretended I didn't hear the dog and he got up. And <laughs> Wait, then the next morning, did. yes, my husband got up and he let the dog out. And then the next nice. morning, Michelle, I did the same thing. <gasps> I hear so him. So now I, you're hearing the dog and your husband both getting up. Yes. I, I yes. see where this is going. But mm -hmm. I play possum. I just I just act like I don't hear. <laughs> and my husband knows because our dog is so old and he has to get up multiple times. And and so I've been I've I've had this going for a good two and a half months now. Wait, what? I don't wow. know when he's going to go, wait a minute, why am I getting up and taking the dog out? But I'm riding this wave as long as I possibly can. But, but okay, here's the thing, though. If he has an accident, I'm usually the one that cleans it up. Like, I yeah. take care of feeding them and walking them and giving them baths and clipping the toenails. So, I mean, maybe yeah. it's fair, but but probably not. But as long as I can, you know. As long as I can play it off, that's what that's what I'm gonna do. Is that bad? Yeah, when, Am I a bad person? No, that? no, you're not bad at all. When when um when our dog was getting older, and if she made a mess in the house, which was it felt like every evening, you mm -hmm. know, when you get up in the morning, yeah, Ross wouldn't he wouldn't stop to clean it. He'd come back in the in the bedroom and he'd say, "Hey, FYI, the dog made a mess." Yeah. See you later. Because he was going to work. He he didn't stop to clean up, which yeah. was fine. But he came back and woke me up. I'm like, I would have noticed at nine when I got up. Yes. It's like, whoa. So it was good. It was good. Why well, are we talking about this? This is enough. Because is that enough. was just too funny. You were like, so I had to search around this morning. It's not for anything fun. That's the worst scavenger hunt ever. Like, what is Hi. the prize? There's the no best good thing is, is I have purification from um, essential oils. And I'm going to just flat out tell you. Thank God I do because that stuff yes. you diffuse it and it actually makes the room smell so much better. It's better than Febreze because like Febreze makes me sneeze and stuff. Oh, this was I like, like how that rhymed. I don't know why that gives me joy. <laughs> yeah, like now yeah. I want to write a song. Febreze makes me sneeze. It takes I mean, me I, to my vinegar. Knees. Vinegar is good too. You know, I mean, I would have used vinegar, but I had the the um, the purification right here. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. So mm -hmm. that is. 
Well, vinegar is not as fun to write a song about. So since I'm not really getting paid for songwriting, I think what we should do is talk about our poor guest who's backstage going, what have I said yes to? What is happening? (laughs) These are women. Let me mute them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michelle, tell us who the amazing guest is on our show today. Okay. I will just give you some of the highlights. Our guest today is an elite stand-up comedian, a TV personality. He's performed nationwide in clubs, corporations, colleges, churches, military bases, festivals, cherry events. He's worked with Tim Hawkins, George Lopez, Bob Smiley, Carlos Mencia, Wayne Brady, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's been on several comedy tours, including The Promise Keepers, Canada's Comedy Tour, K-Locos Comedy Tour. His TV appearances have included BET Comic View, The Morning Show on Fox, Uh, Showtime's Latino Laugh Festival. He's on Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora. He has a few specials out on Amazon Prime, Dry Bar Comedy. He even has, catch this, he even has his own special stage event or event stage in San Antonio, Texas. Like, like, yeah, he could just wake up, go, I'm going to do a show today. You know, like, this is amazing. Okay, so here's the thing, June. I could go on for hours reading his accolades, you know, like opening for B.B. King, but I won't. Okay. Let me just say this. Yeah. Our, our guest has brought joy and laughter to so many that we are honored to have him here. Let's yes. welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast, my favorite amigo, Cleto Rodriguez. Hola. Como estas? Bueno, bueno, bueno. Hello, hello, Glitha. Welcome to the Laugh Support Podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I feel like writing a song about Fabuloso. You know, it's... Uh... <laughs> yes. Well, you know, if you need my help, let me know. Let's play, play no pretty good. Once, yes. once it rhymes, it's you're right there. Yes. Yes. Well, we're so excited to have you on the Laugh Support Podcast. When she said B.B. King, it, it brought me back some trauma. So B.B. <laughs> King came here with Johnny Lang, who was like one of my favorite music artists. And... Um, a friend of mine, I woke up the following morning and a friend of mine messaged me and they owned like a little venue that was downtown here in my town. And B.B. King came there after the concert and hung out. It was just this tiny, intimate little space. She had tried to call me like 12 times and and they just hung out. They just got to hang out and have this private little jam session with B.B. King. And I missed it. I missed the call. <laughs> like, it was, drama. Heartbreaking. It. it was heartbreaking. I, I had something like that happen here in town. And it was a buddy of mine. He goes, hey, do you want to come with me to this um, after party deal? This was years ago. And it was, uh, uh, he goes, it, it, the show starts like at two in the morning or something like that. And it wound up being at a little, little nightclub. And it was uh, Prince. Yeah, I was kind of kicking myself. I was like, well, oh, uh, I, I, I did sleep well that night. I went to bed early. <laughs> yes. You know you know when Prince's birthday was? No. June, June 7th. Nice. You know, when, you know when my birthday is? June 7th. No. I was going to marry him. him. Yeah, I was going to marry him, but whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. He didn't need me. He didn't need me. Well, Cleto. <laughs> so it's Laugh Support co- Podcast. And I know Michelle has known you for a long time, but I'm going to be really just getting to know you today. Oh, uh, I love the shirt. Yeah. Tell us, Michelle, what you're wearing right now. Oh, it's it's one of Cleto's shirts. This is uh, I love it. a special 
Is this the one on Amazon? Devil get that's the, heck the one. Out on, of that's one on Amazon. Yes. Yep. Very comfortable shirt. Just FYI. And then yeah, I, I met I met Michelle back in the day when I had a full set of hair. <laughs> Do you need to borrow some? Because I'm about to cut mine soon. <laughs> How long have we known each other now, Michelle? It's been a long time now. Yeah, I do believe uh, the first time was in Dallas when uh, the conference was in Dallas, and then we did a show at the Improv. Improv, uh, yeah. I think Al, it was Al Fike that was um, Al Fike, yes. It. Yep. With, yeah. with the banjo. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And he was hosting, and, and I did like my five minutes or whatever. It was the most nerve-wracking thing I could possibly think of at the time, but I did it. <laughs> and uh, my hair was short and like bobbed, but it just, but it wasn't bobbed because my hair goes whoop. So it's just I look ridiculous. <laughs> and I was always and wearing then, it in, I was jeans. What? weren't you like? weren't you living in Oklahoma at the time, or was it Dallas? Yeah. No, wow. Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that. Here, yeah. It's been so. It's been a long time, and I have adored you since that day, and um, continue to. And I remember uh, we spent some time chatting, like outside the club, uh, talking about mm -hmm. your wife and, and your life and, and uh, comedy and things like that. And, and I thought, wow, this is a really neat man of God and uh, faithful husband. And uh, if I can be as funny as this guy, then mm. I'll probably <laughs> do something with my life. And then I, I read part of your accolades, part. There's like five, 15, five to 15 pages of accolades on his website. <laughs> Um, I just took a smell. I'm like, wow, you've worked with everybody and then some, mm. right? I've been, I've been, uh, I've been blessed throughout the years and, uh, been able to, um, you know, it's, it's so funny. You look back at some of the, the, the stuff that you've done and the people you've worked with. And now some of them people are just either not doing stand up or they're just at another level. Mm. And they're just like, you know, and, and it's so funny because if, I had to make a, a a movie about myself. I, I'd probably call it "Caught in Between," you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like you're right, you're right yeah. there. But at the same time, uh, I remember I always get like um, uh, I'll go on the road and someone will tell me, you know, you're not like you remind me a lot of Fluffy Gabriel Iglesias. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. said, well, you know, we were good friends. We started doing stand up together, and it's always the same thing. Like, oh, well, what happened to you? And I'm like, uh, well, you know, we made different choices in life. He went this way and made millions. I went this way and made babies. So, you know, uh, that's kind of the deal. So I wanted to, I wanted to do stand up. It's what I love to do, but I also wanted to, I knew I wanted a family and I wanted to, uh, you know, really, um, uh, that was one of the, the things that I had, you know, pretty much on my life bucket list, if you will. And, uh, you know, matter of fact, today, my daughter turns 21 years old. My baby girl turns Aww. 21 years old. So that's going to be, uh, it's a big, uh, it's a big milestone, you know, in her life. And, and, and mine, I'm just trying to, I mean, I still see her as the little, the little girl here and, and, uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of a hard one today. So, but oh, you know, know, sometimes you just gotta, you know, you gotta go with the punches. Before we got started, I saw the balloons in the back, the big two-one balloon, the shot oh, yeah. in the back of the room. And I was like, oh, somebody's have had one or having a birthday. So yep, it's today. That's, that's super cool. That's a big transition too, is when your kids um hit those ages. You know, I have a 19-year-old and a 23-year-old who's 
now working in Nashville and accounting firm and all this stuff. And it's, you gotta, you gotta treat them like men now, you know, and, yeah. and it's hard not to be the mom and, and do those kind of things. So yeah, we definitely, Michelle, well, Michelle with her four boys, we've had lots of phases and transitions. So we definitely feel that. Well, Clayton, we want to, we want to talk about, let's, let's go back to kind of the beginning. You said, you know, Fluffy was somebody that you started with Gabriel and, and so you have had, you know, you've had a big journey in comedy. So we'll start kind of at the, you know, beginning phases as you got started. Is there somebody who comes to mind to you that maybe was a person of laugh support to you that helped you along the way? Um, you know, actually, uh, my mentor, when I first started doing stand-up, and, and to give you a little bit of my background on that, was um, I grew up with with Pryor, watching Pryor and, and uh, Eddie Murphy and and all these comedians and George Carlin and so on. And I, I started out as a dirty, filthy, pretty much comedian. And uh, my whole life changed after I met my wife, who was a Christian woman, and she wasn't having any of that. So I had a, mm -hmm. I quit comedy for a few months and, and, uh, but when I first started doing standup, one of the guys that I met was this guy, Rick Gutierrez right here out of San Antonio. And he's actually, um, uh, on tour with Gabriel Iglesias and, uh, he's been on tour with him for a long time now. And, uh, he writes for him and, and he even produces first special on Netflix and, um, he was, uh, my first, he was my mentor. And then when I, uh, gave my life to Christ and kind of stopped comedy for a while, took, took off, took some time off for comedy just to get right with God. And, uh, mm -hmm. he didn't understand that and just kind of cut ties and, uh, mm -hmm. which was sad, but you know, I, I guess I got it, but you know, later on, um, there was, uh, hello. Are you there? <laughs> yeah, we're here. We are. You, you flip sideways you on us for a moment. Oh, oh. We, we lost him for a second. <laughs> Well, He'll speaking of cutting ties, way. Michelle, speaking of cutting <laughs> ties, that what was a very, transition. He's, a, he's a literal person, right? What is happening? He's, <laughs> so for those who can't see, uh, Zicletto was telling us about, you know, one of his first uh, laugh supports, and then he flipped sideways and disappeared. I said, Cleto, Cleto, you are so literal. You you spoke of cutting ties, and then you walked away. You just disappeared on us. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention my wife's very little, and uh, I'm so used to it. Um, so yeah, so I, I wind up, um, you know, wanting to. I quit comedy for a while, and uh, I was just realizing, what am I going to do now? Because this was literally in the middle of my prime of uh, doing stand up. Uh, I was very young. I was uh, up and coming. I was getting found myself getting. Uh, funnier I felt myself getting funnier and funnier and mm -hmm. writing more and writing more and just just a student of the art if you will and um then when I met my wife and decided to that God was the biggest thing now that was the most important thing for me and having that relationship meant more than uh headlining or standing over or whatever mm -hmm. you know that I was striving for at the time and uh when I wind up uh you know, one day, you know, I, was, I mean, I was out of stand-up for a few months, several months, actually. And my wife, uh, it's kind of like the Holy Spirit kind of spoke to her and said, you know, you need to go show what, you need to go show everybody what God's doing in your life and how he's mm -hmm. blessing you. And the only thing is, now you got to do it his way, which is clean. 
Mm-hmm. And that's all I needed to hear. And then I became a student of clean stand-up. And then I started watching guys like Bob Hope, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bill Cosby. Um, what's the other one um, that I, I really followed a lot was um, Red Skelton. Um, I liked, I, although I, I still liked Rodney Dangerfield's delivery. That was my favorite comedian of all time. Hey, get no respect. And oh, hey. Yeah. You know, you know, my house is on fire. I heard my wife tell my kids, you wake your, you wake your dad, you know? Hey. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, I, I just loved it. And, uh, but I realized that doing standup, um, when I came back and decided to do it clean, I didn't know how the response was going to be. And um, I remember when I, uh, everybody saw that I was a different person now at the comedy club, but they saw that I was getting blessed because, I remember one time this guy goes, and this is when I realized my ministry in the in the comedy world was. Um, he comes up to me, he goes, "Hey man, how you getting all these shows? And you getting booked, and you getting this your own sitcom, and you getting this and getting that, and how you doing this?" And I go, "Oh, you know, you might have my manager got it for me. You might have heard of him. He walked on water." And he goes, he goes, "Oh," and then he says, "This he live in Houston," and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's when I realized that uh, you know the the whole scripture about the the, the work is plenty and the, wor- the the workers are few, you know. Yes. And I was just kind of like, all right, now I know what the ministry is and where I need to be. And sure enough, from that that moment on, and the more I kept educating myself in the Word and getting com- familiar with the Word and and my relationship growing, I found myself ministering to waiters at the Funny Bone in the parking lot, you know, Mm, Um, just different comedians that, you know, that today you see them and they're like, wow, you know, I never, never guessed that they actually knew of Christ. Well, they do now, (laughs) but, Mm. you know, the decision after that is theirs. And, you know, but for the most part, you know, for me, it was just, um, you know, Rick was one of those guys that took me under his wing, kind of showed me what, what it was to be a, a comedian and uh and then i got to you know know other comedians and i remember when i first came and threw my hat in the christian faith i'm in the christian world of uh comedy i remember the first one i met was uh al fike and uh i remember one of my first gigs when he booked me for was at the addison improv and i remember just doing a bunch of church jokes mm-hmm. which was the worst thing i could have done because i bombed so bad oh my goodness it was like yeah Mark, Paul, and John walk into a bar, right? And, you know, it's just so, <laughs> it was just so bad. And um, so I bombed so bad. And I remember I had my stepson with me and my kid. And and I just kind of like, oh, this is really bad, you know? Yes. You know, this, oh, this is my, my dad, he was like, oh, this, he stinks. You know, <laughs> but then I remember I got to meet another comedian. Um, I don't know if he's as famous anymore. A guy named Bob Smiley. Yes. Um Oh, we just interviewed Bob a couple episodes ago. Yes, sir. Oh, that you know, guy. I, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That guy here. I, I think. I, I mean, I think he just got out of prison. I'm not maybe, sure. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. but uh, no. That Bob's a Bob's like a brother to me, and uh, you know he uh, <laughs> he he was one of those guys that kind of really took me under the wing, and uh, I met him at the um, a couple of church events, and then I met him. We got to know each other really well as we bunked together at the uh, CCA mm-hmm. Veterans um, Conference. And uh, that's where I met guys like Leland and Prater, uh, Tim Hawkins, 
uh, Mike Williams, all the vets, pretty much. You know, Again, never the, heard of any of those guys. I don't. I'm not sure if they're, are they they're still. Jill, let me tell you right now, you're not missing much at all. <laughs> at all, these guys are. They were a little overhyped back then. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Especially Prater. You know that yeah. one there. He took the cake, and uh, they're no. deals. They're all big deals. You can ask them. They'll tell you. They'll tell you, Cletto. Yeah, I mean, I just I I got to know, and then along the way, I got to know different comedians. Um, I got to know Jason Earls, Bone Hampton. Yeah. Um, who is the other one that I got? Um, uh, jo- um, I I got Johnny W. Uh, I got I got to work with him, and that one there just blew me away. Um, I remember I used to call him uh, Tim Hawkins Light. And and me and me and uh, me and Leland, you saw, I remember we did a Caleb cruise and all the guys were on there, but they had like all the guys that play guitar, like Mike Williams. And then they had uh, Bean and Bailey and David and I forgot the other guy's name and David, David Bean, David Bryan. Yeah. And uh, they were there and Mike Williams and all these guitar acts, Tim Hawkins. And I remember we couldn't go eat until they were done with their sound check. And I remember me and Leland were like, we called them, they were like novelty acts. So we go, hey, knobs, why can't y'all write real jokes like real comedians? You know, now we have to wait for y'all to go eat. And then Mike Williams, I'll never forget what he said. He's strumming his guitar and he goes, hey, guys, y'all hear that? You know what that is? That's the sound of poverty. That's right. (laughs) And he wasn't lying. He was not lying. I mean, if you had a guitar, if you had a song, I mean, these guys were blowing up. Their calendars were full. And me and Leela are like, when are we going to get a gig? Oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? This is crazy. So, but yeah, I was kind of, kind of, uh, I met a, a lot of great. And then, of course, you know, Michelle and everybody else down the way. It's just, and then I got to go to the CCAs and meet some other comedians. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, some, they were just, see the different styles of stand-up was mm. interesting, of clean comedy. And a lot of people had a stigma that clean was just, you know, hokey dokey stuff. And and I think yeah. the CCA kind of made it, um, brought out a lot. I remember when I met Nazareth and uh, he really was showing me that what, um, I remember him telling me that people just want clean humor. They yeah. want clean, fun humor that they're not going to cringe about, but relatable. And if you could mm-hmm. find that, you can re- make sure you you'll be a hit in this business. I remember at the CCA business, uh, CCA convention, the veterans one. Mike Williams had said that I was an the edgiest Christian comic, hmm. and I remember because I had a breastfeeding joke that I did, and uh, he goes, "Yeah, I don't know how you get away with that and sell merch afterwards. You know, I don't know how you got away with that." And then, and, I, and, and then someone had told me that it's so much it's it's a real thing and a lot of folks are just they want realism but in the point of not bad taste and the fact that i was somewhat likable i guess because i was chubby i guess i don't know but you know (laughs) it was what it was you know and uh, i just i i mean and for me it was like i would be up on stage debating at different churches if i'm gonna do this joke or not Mm -hmm. because you can feel the crowd and if they're with you they're with you they're not you don't want to turn them against you either. Right. So you just kind of think twice about, you know, certain areas and certain things, but, uh, you know, being able to do, and then I remember uh, a lot of comedians would like, 
you know, you're going to wind up doing that joke. Like they requested, like I was a mariachi or something. And I said, <laughs> oh, sure, you know, I'll do it. You know, I'll do it for you. And, um, but yeah, I remember the first tour that I went on was with uh, Ken Kington mm-hmm. and uh, Tim Hawkins and Bob Smiley. And that was that was pretty cool. Did a few dates with them and uh, learned a lot. Actually, I learned a lot. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I would have to say a lot of there's so many that played a role in where I'm at today. Um, mm. You know, that 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 instilled that comedy wisdom. And, uh, you know, you when I had two compliments in my life that stood out to me um, as far as being a clean comedian. And I remember when I first started doing stand up, I mean, clean, com- clean comedy, I was at the comedy club. And that matinee, I have a matinee at three o'clock, and then on the Saturday, and you got to bark to get people in the come on in, come oh, on in, free, yeah. free comedy, free comedy, and you're just trying to get a crowd, right? Just to listen to your material. And we have an Air Force base here, so we got a lot of people from Lackland Air Force Base and their families to come sit in. So I remember I was the only clean one there, and everybody else was dirty. And I remember after the show, we stand there at the door and we're shaking everybody's hand. and one lady, this little short Jewish lady, comes up to me, grabs me by the neck, by the shirt, and pulls me down and says, I want to say thank you for being clean for me. I ain't like these other dirty guys, but you, I like you. Thank you for being clean for me. So when I heard that, that made me feel pretty good and realized that there's a, an audience out there yeah. that wants that. And then mm-hmm. um, my second one was I got a chance to uh, do a thing at this Hispanic State Fair here in San Antonio. And I was the headliner and I had all my friends in front of me and all of them were dirty and they did their stuff. And I wind up doing mine clean. And not only that, but I got a standing ovation and I got an applause break for thanking God on stage, Mm. which was really cool. And I was I remember going to my merch table and this drunk Mexican guy comes up to me. He goes, hey, man, I've been waiting for you to say a bad word. Hey, I'm like, "Uh, but did you laugh? Oh, I almost peed in my pants. Yeah, you're so funny. I'm like. Well, then I did my job, you know, yeah. and that was the second, you know, those two compliments stood out to me, realizing that even to this day, the same act I do at a church is the same one I'll do at a bar. And then mm-hmm. I'll do these bar gigs or club gigs just to stay sharp. That's it. Yeah, I love that the money's not great. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, I love that she said, thank you for being clean for me. Yeah, for that me. was awesome. That's, that's, a, that's a whole different way to word it. You know, I mean, she truly felt like she, you know, that this was for her. And it was, you know, God knew she was going to be sitting in that audience, yep. you know, and, and and there are those, those, those are the people he's, he's sending us out for, you know, to be that light in the in the darkness and to, to come in. And I think that's the best part is when, when you do work clean and you're with other comics that aren't and you hold your own, it's just proof that, yeah. you know, that we, you know, he calls you to it. You can definitely do it and you can do it clean, but you, you do have to, I feel like you do have to work hard, really hard. And you have to up the game better than everybody else who's working dirty. You can't be lazy about it because, you know, people mm-hmm. already have an expectation that you're clean. So you're not, you're not going to be funny. funny. Well, it's funny you say that because I had a friend of mine that worked at the comedy club and I went to the comedy club one night and this guy comes up to me and he goes, when are you going to work a real crowd? And I said, excuse me? He goes, yeah, you're doing all these churches. When are you going to do a real crowd? Okay, I'll tell you what. Let's switch. 
give me your 400 sold out crowd here and, and that are drunk and, you know, drunk up the rear end. And then I'll perform for them that will laugh at anything I say. And then you come to my church over here uh -huh. with 800 people sober, just judging every word that comes out of your mouth mm. and go. <laughs> yes. like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Trust me. You got to, I mean, I have fun where I'm doing it. They appreciate what I'm doing. And I'm pretty sure they're going to appreciate anybody that goes up there <laughs> on that yes. stage. So, you know, I mean, I, 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 I try to, you know, keep it as real as possible with him. But at the same time, you know, I, um, he's the same one that asked me, was, did, he live, did, did he live in Houston? So mm -hmm. I kind of take it for what it's worth. Yes. Yes. So, Coletto, did you, did you ever have a time in this journey? Because it sounds like when you, you you had somebody there with you alongside you, helping you write, doing all of that stuff when you were not a clean comic. And when you were, you know, you were going one direction. And then when God shifted gears and and, and turned you a, a different direction, it sounds like, I mean, obviously, all the names that you've listed, many of them, Michelle and I have interviewed on this show, you know, Leland and Bob and all of those guys, like he he gave you the best of the best around you, you know, during that time. But have you ever had a, a, a moment? Please tell me, please tell me that y'all are doing this by alphabetical order and you just got to the R's. Because if you put Bob <laughs> and Leland before me, oh my goodness. Well, no. So what we did is we, 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 it was new. It was new to us. Michelle and I had no idea what we were doing. So we wanted to practice on in the minor leagues. And now that's what we have I love it. <laughs> This You're good, Gene. She's good. I like that. She's like, very good. She's very good. Yeah, I was going to be like, we're doing the alphabet backwards. Coletta was a C. What do you mean the R's? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Bob, Bob Smiley made me laugh the other day so hard because I just had eye surgery last Wednesday. Yes. So I have, uh, I can't see out of this eye over here. Where was it? Right here. This one. And it's my left that? eye, and it's like, uh, yeah, I can, I can see you with this eye. You know, hey, how you doing, guys? <laughs> I'm looking at it with this eye. I can see you with this eye. But I, can't, I see like a bubble over here with this eye. Uh -huh. So, Bob, I posted a picture of my, with my patch, and I had posted on, 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 on social media. And all I put was, caption this. And then Bob says, you know, you really, you really are amazing. You would do anything for TikTok followers. Anything. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like I want to. I feel like I want to apologize because because Cleto his 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 eye all of that happened right after I asked him if he would come and speak at the CCA retreat. <laughs> and so here here's the deal, pickle. Okay, here's the deal, pickle. Cleto, the the theme this year is focus. <laughs> and then I look and you have an eye patch on and I'm like, I don't know if I'm well enough to go there. But the illustration, I was like, I would love to I would love to God. speak. I would love to speak with a patch on my eye. Or matter of fact, two patches on my eye. I think that would be ideal. No. I think it's just funny. Um yeah, so I had I had the surgery last Wednesday and it's supposed to that's like a gas bubble that's supposed to dissolve in two weeks. I got another week before that happens. But um, yeah, everything to everything to me these days is uh, is uh, bread and butter. I mean, I, I have a whole new perspective on life. This time last year, I was actually fighting for my life in uh, with a COVID episode that, uh, I that almost. I mean, you're looking at a walking miracle, according to the doctors. I had a 
COVID pneumonia. I was in ICU for two and a half weeks in the hospital for about two, three months and uh, two months. And then uh, the, uh, you know, I I was recovering for several months after that, you know, at home and uh, wasn't able to get cleared to to uh, perform until November. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I got a chance to reunite with a lot of folks and, uh, you know, did a gig up in um, Kentucky and then Fresno, California, and just getting back on, on the, on the route, you know, getting back on that horse really. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's everything now is just, I take it with a grain of salt. And um, I mean, and the lesson for me, someone asked me, what would you think the lesson is? Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, you know, for me, it was uh, I did a lot of complaining before co- that COVID deal a lot. I mean, to the point of like where I was as a dad, as a as a husband and, and you know, where I wasn't in my career. How come I wasn't at this level over here where I was trying to get to and blah, 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 blah. And, and then all of a sudden I just, you know, when you when he stops you like that to and you're about I mean, you want to test your faith. You want to really test your walk. I mean, you uh, go through that little ordeal because mm. when you know you can meet your maker any minute and you have no clue and it's so unpredictable, it, it scares you. I mean, uh, I know fear is not of God, but I had all uh, that was the scariest time in my life. Yeah. And on paper, I was a Christian. But I tell you what, I didn't realize how far off I was and mm. seeing where I was in that season. I can understand it. I can definitely see it. And. It was his, I almost think it was his, almost his way of getting back. And um, uh, I don't think I shared this before, but um, how much time do we have? We're good? All the time you need, my okay. friend. Yeah. We had, uh, I remember I was so freaked out and so scared that uh, um, people were just, they had me in ICU and people were just, I kid you not, they were passing away just left and right. And mm-hmm. It it scared me at once, and then I heard a couple of people crying in the hallway, and I asked the nurse, you know, what are the, you know, what's going on? They said, oh, someone just passed away from COVID, and I said, oh wow, and I said, um, and I had this airflow mask on, and I asked, the nurses are so immune to what's going to go on, yeah, you know, and what's going to happen, and they're so immune to the deaths that happen there. They have to be, they they're not, they don't mean to sound heartless but i asked what are the chances of me getting out of here you know with my airflow mask I'm, what are the chances of me getting out of here and they're like and the kitchen up the guy just goes eh, about 50 50 maybe i don't know you know you want some more blankets <laughs> i'm like uh no i want a banana split if i'm gonna go out let's go out big you know what i'm saying and yes. uh sure enough um after i heard that i did not sleep for two days straight because I was afraid I wouldn't wake up. And um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm literally so fatigued. Uh, I had so much junk in my chest and, and my, in my lungs that it looked like a cloudy day. There was no black on the, on the x-ray at all. Yeah. And um, my wife, uh, I was already giving her the, hey, tell the kids I love them and I'll be yeah. with them no matter what. And giving her that speech. And she's like, no, don't talk like that. That's not faith. And I'm like, Babe, I could barely breathe. I could barely move. My eyes burn. I'm about to fall asleep. I'm not, I'm, I'm telling God, Lord, if you're going to take me, let's do it now. I can't go no more. And sure enough, uh, I mean, I literally forgot that I was a comedian. Like, none of that mattered. 
Yeah. None of that mattered. And it was just about getting home. It was about just finding my air to breathe. And and it looked bleak. I'll be honest. It really mm-hmm. did. And uh I didn't know I didn't know how I was gonna get out of that. And uh I remember finding myself in like a whirlwind, if you will, mm-hmm. and leaning on man and everything like science and all this kind of stuff that I just felt, wait a minute, something's not right here. Something's not right here. And I took a step back and I'll never forget. It was two o'clock in the morning and I was watching the Olympics and I'm by myself in my room and I have my airflow mask on and I'm trying to breathe and I'm so uncomfortable and fatigued. I remember I was watching that show, the chosen Mm -hmm. and one of the scenes was when Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, was with the um, paralyzed man by the pool. Mm. And he asked him, do you want to get well? Do you want to get healed? And he's like, you know, yeah. You know, he's like, he's giving him all these excuses. Like, you know, lo- you know, sir, they don't have nobody to put me in the pool. And they keep jumping yeah. and kicking me and all this stuff. He goes, it's not what I asked. I asked, do you want to get healed? Do you want to get well? Because what I have is better than that pool. And he's still giving him excuses. And he goes, do you want to get healed or not? And he goes, yes, sir. And he goes, then pick up your mat and walk. I remember hearing that, seeing that vision in my head. And then I heard this as I'm speaking to you. It's going to sound crazy. But I heard, do you want to get well? Yes. Do you want to get healed? And I'm like, yeah. I kid you not. I'm like, I got up. I go, who's here? Who's here? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, yes. I, I I felt like I was losing it I really because COVID mm-hmm. plays with your head yes. so bad and I thought I was losing it I go who's here and then it was nobody and I'm like I stopped and I hear it again I said Lord is this you and then right then I hear do you want to get well do you want to yeah. get Healed. And now, now I'm giving him excuses. They told me 50-50, Lord, I'm not going to be able to get him. Like, yes. He's like, it's not what I asked. I asked, do you want to get healed? Do you want to get well? As soon as I said yes, I kid you not, I fell right to sleep. And I didn't wake up till the next day at 4.30 in the afternoon. And it's not because I woke up. They woke me up because they thought I was dead because they were mm-hmm. taking my blood and I wasn't even flinching mm-hmm. and I wasn't even moving wow. and I was the most peaceful sleep I ever had and I woke up with this sudden urge to fight this strength to fight mm-hmm. for my life yeah and that's when I knew God wasn't done with me yet and um, I had half of San Antonio sending nothing but positive messages and thoughts and prayers and and I, I literally felt them and then, and then I, I had the other half of San Antonio coming down on me because my wife gave an interview and told them I wasn't vaccinated, and that was it. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. It. Yeah. they came yeah. at me, and uh, mm-hmm. you know I remember this one guy. He really got under my skin, and um, I'm here fighting for my life. And I realized how people. I found out how cool people can be behind a yes. keyboard. Yes. And uh, I, I really found out, and it hurt my heart for one. But second, I'm here fighting for my life. And this guy, he says, hey, Cleto, all that money they helped raise for you, you should probably give it to a person that didn't ignore, a family that didn't ignore science. He goes, so if you die, that's on you. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, wow. Yeah. Wow, okay. 
Okay, yeah. first of all, sir, let's get this straight. I flunk science. All right, let's get that out of the way. I <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Second of all, when was science class? Was it after compassion class or was it before humanitarian class? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the hypocrisy you're talking about right now makes no sense. You yeah. care if I'm vaccinated, but you don't care if I live or die. Get out of here. I said, sir, does your mother know you're using her computer? Does she? <laughs> wow. Yes. yes. I, I, I tell you, I yeah, I definitely, I, I saw that and experienced that as well. I Like to the core of me, I know what you're talking about and I won't go into my story. Oh, and some of these people thought they made the vaccination. Yeah. They, they, they felt like they, some of them acted like they made the vaccines in their backyard with Windex and WD-40. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, they came at me that hard. I was like, yes. wow. I was like, you know, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. I understand why you're mad. But uh, let's just look at the facts. I told them, I'll be honest with you, I was just scared to find out. What I'm. First of all, I'm diabetic and I'm fat. I go, I got two strikes against me. Yes. I said, you know, I ain't trying to put something that's going to end my life quick. You know, I'm like, hold on a minute. I have to research a little bit. Yes. And that was the worst thing I could have said. <laughs> Yeah, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of yeah. moralistic high horses. People were riding around. They saddled up and they were ready to just trample on anybody who wasn't going uh, the same direction or or doing you know things the way that they were doing it. But it did it mm-hmm. did reveal the character of a lot of people, I think. And um, and so yeah, but you know I don't know about you, but I, I had to spend some time in like truly like forgiving some ugly words you, and things you become I, yeah. I found myself becoming bitter yes. I really did find yes. myself becoming bitter because one I couldn't respond back to the way I wanted to yeah you yeah. know how many messages I I, I actually <laughs> tweeted back but I had to delete because yes. God said to delete them I know, I yeah. know, dude. I know, Cleto. You don't know me, but but, but uh. my, my daddy's name is Hot Dog. Okay, I grew up in low income housing, government housing. My mama, you know, her mother was bipolar. Like my life was crazy. I didn't live in a clean comedy family. And like, yeah, yeah, we're almost the same. My dad's like, you know, schizophrenic, bipolar, anxiety, the whole nine. And I got him living with me now, so I got comedy all day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So during that time, you really do have to, man, it's like, who you saved me from that. That's not supposed to be in my heart. But you type it, you delete it, you type it, you delete it. What I do is I tell my my husband, husband, you know what I was going to say? You know what I I would say? But if Jesus, if I didn't love Jesus. (laughs) That right there, I had a hard time turning the other cheek. Yeah. And my wife had, had told me, don't get on social media anymore. Yeah. I mean, they, I was on the news here for nine years and I was let go due to COVID budget cuts, all that last March. So they were tagging me and I'm like, okay, you're tagging me. So you want me to read this? So you better be this tall because you're going to get on the rides. Yes. All right. I'm just want to let you know, yes. I don't want any crying, you know, when I respond back. Yes. But you know, it's just um, people have you're talking about the character that you you portray and you want to be that example yeah. that God wants you to be. And that's what I, I had a hard time with because I really felt like I couldn't defend myself 
yes. like I wanted to, and it and it and it really bothered me. And I had to really, like you said, get into prayer for. I mean, it did not just go away. It just like yes. every time I heard the word vaccination, I just got so upset again, mm-hmm. and it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And and it's I understand and I get it why you know I have friends on both sides, you know. Yes. that believe and don't and 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 I and I love them dearly all of them yeah. and it's like I was caught in between of what I was going to do you know what what should I do and and I woke up and all of a sudden I was like the poster boy for vaccinations and mm-hmm. uh and all it was is I told people look um trust me you do not want to go through this and you're going to make up your own mind you're going to make your own decision and that's I'm just saying for me this, 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 I don't want to go through this again. You know, it was just awful. It was scary. And, um, but for the most part, you know, I had people just, you know, I had, (laughs) you know, I had some that were total anti-vaxxers telling me that it's not COVID. It's like, it's like, uh, allergies. I'm like, uh, I've had allergies. (laughs) This is not allergies. Trust me. And, uh, you know, I mean, like, and and that's what I kind of knew that the, there was some crazy on both sides. <laughs> mm, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yes, but is. at the same time, it's like, um, for me, it's, it's more of not the red way or the blue way. It's God's way. Right. And that's just how it is with me. And people yeah. either gonna, you know, eventually they're gonna not like, you know, it's, it's going to come down to where a lot of what we are learning is coming out of what the book says. And, you know, but I try to tell everybody because at the end of the book, we win, you know, so I'm, uh, I'm good, you know, and uh, the whole thing with COVID, that experience just got me back in my word. And then it got me to appreciate everything. I got to see now the blessings that were right in front of me. Yeah. I was thanking God for what was what I did have instead of what I didn't have. And that mm-hmm. right there has turned me around and got me back on track. And um, I don't know you ever want to ask somebody how bitter I was or upset I was or complained about a lot. Mm. Ask Bone Hampton. He'll tell you. That was my man. Yes. Yeah. I mean, if I had, I mean, I bless his heart. I, I He was my sounding board, you know? Mm. Cause, and sometimes, because yeah. he was going, I mean, we're both in the same spot in the same time, but he heard me out and he, and, and I, and I love him for it, you know, but it was wrong. And I was, I realized that when I was in the hospital and mm. it's sad that it has to take something like that to make you realize. Yeah. But, at the same time, you know, we stray. Sometimes we stray, but he's he goes after that one. And at he that does. season, that time was I was that one. And I'm glad he did because uh, he didn't he didn't give up. So mm. I heard you say, you know, I wanted to defend myself, and I had to keep going back to that verse where he's like, I I will fight for you. And then yeah, you, know, you have to say, Lord, <laughs> let the vengeance be yours because I couldn't do it no more. There and I a- and that's what I said. I said, God. I give up. It's on you. You handle this. I'm going to go back to doing punchlines and uh, trying to make the world happy. And if they don't like me because of this, well, that's their problem. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. if I lose, I had one lady say, <laughs> I almost could hear her accent right through the, the, the text, the tweet. She goes, <laughs> she goes, you know, I, was a, <laughs> I used to be a big fan, but then all of a sudden I found out you weren't vaccinated. So you ruined it all, for all the rasa. I go, me, <laughs> yes. me. Yes. Not the guy wow. that did the drive-by, not the guy that robbed the bank, but me. Yes. I said, okay. And I remember I showed my dad that tweet, and he's like, wow, son, I didn't even know you knew all of us. I didn't either. I guess so. <laughs> you have what so you much power. 
Yeah, oh, really? I knew power. I knew TV had a little power, but not that much. Come on. That's crazy. Now well, you had um. Oh, go ahead, June. I was just gonna say it's really. Yeah, it, it, I kept thinking about what you're saying about um, just being content and complaining. And I've you know I've always heard that it's impossible to be both. You can't be content in what God's given you and and trust Him and complain at the same time. You know, yes. and it, and it sounds like you have moved into a phase in your life where there's more contentment and more peace than what you were experiencing before you experienced such a tragic time in your life. That's good. Oh yeah. I, I, I am so much now at a peace that, um, Oh man, it's just, uh, um, I, you feel foolish to think back at it and look back at it and say, mm-hmm. okay, how did I wind up here? You know, how did I wind up, getting here to where all of a sudden things I started realizing that I was getting away from a lot of where I was before I mean I noticed that um I wasn't getting as many gigs mm-hmm. before and and the Lord know I mean he's been like really booking my stuff all my career and when the the, the call stopped he's like you got to check your heart you got to mm-hmm. see where your heart's at and if it's not going to be there for me, how's it going to, and just going to be there just for you. And you know, sometimes too, when you, I remember sometimes I'd have like an argument or what we call my wife and I heated discussion. Yes. Of, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, was it fellowship, heated fellowship, you know, and I'm <laughs> on the road now, you know, and then I'm like in a church and I'm like, I got to go now and just make people laugh and, Oh, hey, how you doing? And, you know, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like want to do the yep. gig and get back to the hotel. And there's no there's no more ministry. There's no more, you know, relationship. There's no more one. You're just about yourself. And mm-hmm. uh, for me, it, it really hit home. And I realized that, you know, this is something's wrong here. And then I yeah. it, it took me to get back on my face, get on my knees and just say, you know what, Lord, let's. Uh, let's do it your way again, not mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that right there really kind of, it took that surrender again. And uh, I remember it's like almost, uh, I remember when I first got baptized, I was like, I told the pastor, leave me there a little longer. I want to make sure it, you know, <laughs> you know, yes. all of it's yeah. gone. You know? <laughs> when you stop seeing air bubbles, let me That's out. That's right. Yeah. When you stop seeing <laughs> air bubbles and then, and then some, another two seconds. All right. Let's, let's make sure. <laughs> Oh, um, okay. But yeah, so but the I, comedy, it's the comedy part is just, uh, it's been comedy now is, is just over. I appreciate it. There's no more hell gigs, no more hell gigs. Cause when I say on stage, I'm glad to be here. That's exactly what I mean. I'm yes. glad to be here. Yes. <laughs> I'm glad to be anywhere. You know, I remember a yes. lady told me the other day at the store, it's so good to see you. I go, well, it's good to be seen. Let me just say, mm-hmm. so I just take everything now and, uh, I mean, I walk around town or walk around anywhere, and I just feel like I should be like Snow White with just birds around me everywhere I go and just <laughs> singing and stuff because I don't let anything phase me anymore. I really don't. I just, yeah. I, I, well, my wife, but other than that, yeah. I don't let anything phase <laughs> what me. We're there for you. I know really what I mean? It's the balance. We got to balance it out. Yeah, Michelle- yeah, yeah. And she that. does. She does. She really does. <laughs> so, Michelle, what were you thinking? I saw the wheels turning in your in your head. Well. So throughout all of that, what you were just talking about, Kleto, about, you know, at some point, 
you started turning bitter and then you had this um, life and death situation and now you're you're appreciating everything. I'm just curious is during that whole process from the bitterness to the thankfulness, have you written uh, or has your comedy changed in what you're writing and how um, mm. and if you have like how how is that comedy being received? Mm. Well, you, yes, and it's true. I, I mean, it's you. It did affect my writing because I started out my set with, "Hey, you losers!" and um, I, I realized that was wrong. <laughs> so, uh, actually, I I know. Um, see, this is the thing too. The hardest part for me during this whole COVID thing was not the COVID. It was the fact that my father-in-law was two doors down with COVID in ICU. Mm. And unfortunately he didn't make it and um, he had passed. And uh, because of the celebrity, the CEO of the hospital let my family come see him and say goodbye. And, and uh, which I thought was really super cool, but um, you know, under the circumstances, it was just kind of rough. And I, and I felt for my wife deeply. And I remember here I was, I needed my wife with me at the darkest time of my life. And I remember just telling her, don't worry about me, worry about dad. And, uh, cause, and, and she did. And, and, and I, you know, I didn't want to, I felt bad enough that I was already in the hospital and I'm mm-hmm. having her, you know, concentrate on me. She, she was like an emotional roller coaster. She wanted her, her husband to get out, but she knew she found out her dad's not coming home. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, it just was rough for her and I, and I feel for her and I felt for her a lot. And I'm the only person I had for me at that time was the janitor lady. And, you know, she came in every day and I said, bring it in lady. I need a hug today. Bring it in. You know, I'm having a rough one, you know? Mm. <laughs> and, uh, I love Olga. She's a sweet lady. And, mm. um, but, uh, other than that, you know, I think, uh, my writing, um, I found myself, uh, talking about stuff that I wouldn't say at a church. And then, um, that kind of real made me realize that, okay, I don't want to work backwards. And mm, I had to stop yeah. and correct myself because uh, I started wanting, I, and this is another thing too, what it was was I started wanting what the world had, if that made any sense. Yeah. And uh, yeah. as a comedian, you want to get to the dream. You want to get to the, you know, yeah. the sitcom or you want to get to the, the Madison Square Garden and so on like that. And then, at, and when you realize that, you know, you start to look at you, start to question your comedy. You start to question everything about yourself. Like, is it even, you know, I'm looking at all these other comedians while I was recovering, you know, Sebastian Manikluska, I was looking at all these, Dave Chappelle, all these guys, I'm looking at all their specials and I'm thinking to myself, okay, what am I, you know, I'm like, and then I get on stage and I hear, oh, you're so funny, you're so funny. Okay, where do, what do I do? Where do I go? to make this and then everything now is a uh, is is either a TikTok or YouTube. Yeah. And I just I could I just joined the TikTok world because I went to the comedy club a while back and I saw that they had all these different com- uh, like people I didn't recognize these coming acts and I go I don't know any of these comedians right. I'm telling the manager and he goes yeah Clitha, because they're not they're not uh, comedians they're TikTok and YouTube sensations they got followings of two to five million followers 
and they put butts in the seats. Like this guy here, he juggles wet cats. I said, wait a minute. You mean to tell yes. me I'm at home racking my brain for a punchline and this guy juggles wet cats and he's got a week? He goes, yeah. I go, that's it. I'm done. I'm yes. putting, I'm going to TikTok. And then I wind up telling my boys who are 13 and 15, I said, and I've been telling them comedy all their life, telling them jokes all their life. I told them I'll be a TikTok star and I never heard them laugh so hard in my life. <laughs> I never heard them laugh so hard in yes. my life. As a matter of fact, I thought it was a little bit challenging and hurtful at the same yes. time. Yes. Yeah. And now I really want to prove them wrong. So I tell everybody, if you could go like my TikTok, Clutha Rodriguez 5021, uh, I'm trying to get to 2 million followers and I'm at 109 right now. So I'm on my way. Yes. Yes. Yes, you are. You go, man. My son <laughs> told me, my son told me the 19 year old said, if you ever get on TikTok, I'm moving out. Yeah. I'm getting on TikTok. I, now, I'm, now I'm like, that's the motivation. I'm like, how is that going to stop? If anything, that's motivation. To get See, what I'm hearing dude, is I need two dude, more. Dude, write that down. One. Write that down. Because if, if you were in a comedian, I would have said, oh, I'm taking that one. That was funny. Yeah, it's mine. It's mine. It's you got to write it. Write it down. My kids, my, my, my daughter, the 21-year-old, told me yesterday, yesterday in my face, Dad, stop doing TikToks. What? Yeah. They're not funny. I, yeah. What? Yeah. And she showed me her TikToks that she laughs at. Now I know why she thinks I'm not funny. Her stuff is not funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, we have, they, they have a warped sense of humor. It's like she's laughing at a lady in a Mustang. Yeah, she's in a Mustang, Dad. She's, that's funny. I go, no, <laughs> it's not. There's no, there's no joke. There's no nothing. Yeah. She goes, she's just getting in a Mustang. That's funny. Oh, it's funny, Dad. I'm like, no, it's not. Mm. You know what I think will be interesting is to see, though, um, I, I know of a couple of TikTok stars. They do get the the butt in the seat, right, at some of the clubs, and then it's awful because they're not stand-ups. You know, they yeah. can edit and make these funny videos. Um, and, and then, you know, some really, they can pull it off. But for the most part, it's a it's a one and done. People go and see them, and then they're like, oh, well, they were they were." you know, they were funny on the video, but when you actually have to stand up and, and, you know, the rubber meets the road and you're on that stage for 45 minutes and all you've ever done is a five minute video getting in a Mustang or juggling, <laughs> that, you know, sometimes it's, but I, but I've never owned a club, but I'm guessing when the ticket sales are ticket sales, they don't care. <laughs> like they sold Yeah. And, and, you've, and then you find, then you find yourself, okay, what's compromise now? Yeah, You know, because everywhere I turn around, it's like, I remember, I, I mean, I even got to the point where I looked at TV so much and I said, you know, I really don't care to do a sitcom in LA anymore. Mm. I really don't. I, I could do it here. Yeah. You know, I could put on my own YouTube yeah. channel. I could do whatever I want and yeah. do it my way and it just let people know, hey, it's over here. <laughs> you know, yeah. and if anybody wants to pick it up, yeah. by all means, that's great. But now I'm just kind of like, you know, everything just takes that effort you know and because i mean tiktoks to be a star you gotta do three or four of these things a day oh, you know how much yeah. work that is we i, just turned, has, I we turned 51 years old this year i'm not got that kind of time yeah. where I, you know i'm over here got you know my knees hurt uh i'm like <laughs> i'm losing hair i'm like come on rick roberts i remember um one time hearing him say, you know, like if you, if you're doing that, okay. So let's say you transition to doing all this TikTok stuff. He said that time comes from something else. 
Yeah. So what are you, what are you taking from, what are you giving up that you're now, you know, dedicating to this TikTok time? And then last night, my husband, and I actually watched a documentary on, um, on becoming fake famous and all these bots that they purchase and like fake likes and all of this stuff. But like these social media platforms, they don't call it out because they're making money off of it too, because people are buying this. It's the crazy, when I watched it, they what, last, what's that called? it's called fake famous. I think it's called fake famous. It's on um, HBO max. You have to, you, I gotta go check that out. Will be Isn't blown. That- it's it's called a uh, fake famous the Michelle Van Dusen story. I think that's that's how you look it up. <laughs> it was pretty crazy though. It was. Pretty crazy. <laughs> well, I can't wait to part two. Fake famous Pleto Rodriguez live. Or yeah, is it? It is. <laughs> or what, is it even Cleto? We don't. Know. Is it even Cleto? Yeah. Well, Cleto. It has to be Cleto. We are so happy that you came on and joined us today. Uh, I'm going to have Michelle scroll across your social media platforms. Friends, you definitely got to check out Cleto. It's uh, Cleto, C-L-E-T-O-R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z, CletoRodriguez.com. So you want to check him out on there. And then social media platforms, Facebook is Cleto Rodriguez page. And Twitter and Instagram is Cleto Rodriguez. And YouTube, Cleto Rodriguez Comedy. So definitely check out Cleto and all the amazing stuff that he's got going on in social media platforms. It has been absolutely an honor and a pleasure to have you on our show today. Michelle, what do you think? Yes. I think that was fantastic um, because you, you were able to bring us from a happy place to a dark place to a happy place again. And yes. that's really... <laughs> yeah, I didn't, want, I didn't really plan on going to the dark place. I really didn't plan on no, that. But, just but, somehow. But that's the Michelle thing. Like, that's where comedy comes side. from. <laughs> but that, yeah. that's where it comes from, you know? That's like true. Some of the best laughter and the best joy happens when you can acknowledge what's happening to you. Mm-hmm. And then how can you how can you turn your viewpoint around and go, okay, I see that. What about this? You know, and just mm-hmm. that whole, it's just, I, oh, what do they say? It's tragedy in time. Is comedy? Yeah. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Tragedy. Yeah. A pain, a pain is pain is comedy. It is. Yeah. It is. So thank and you. And it's for an emotion for sure people can relate to. That's an emotion we can all relate to. So, well, Cleto, Michelle's yeah. going to kick you back to the green room for a few minutes. Don't leave us kick so we can back. tell you a proper yeah, goodbye. And we're going to close okay, this Okay. Sounds round. good. All right. All right. So. Oh, it's just you and I now. What? It's just us. It's just us. And this time you kicked him out. He didn't just leave us randomly. So that's, that's I know. I know. And I, I cut him off. He was saying goodbye or something. I don't know. I think he said adios, amigos. Oh. Is that what he said? Oh, I should have showed oh. off my Spanish. You remember? Remember in Mexico when I told the guy Uno yes, Momento you know, and my taco. son lost his mind? Yeah. <laughs> what are you saying Uno Momento for, Mom? Sorry, that's my son. <laughs> he doesn't sound like that at all, but in my brain, that's what he sounds like. Well, listen, I, this was the best ever. I'm 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 so happy that Cleto joined us today, Michelle. You always have really such good. good comedy friends. So this is I have great one. friends. You do. I'm just you glad do. that they're all you, very, very funny. You, you do have great. You have amazing, amazing friends. All right. So this friend is going to close this episode out. As I always tell you, Jesus and Junebug loves you. Michelle, tell them goodbye. Goodbye, Michelle. No, um, I just want to say, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We appreciate you and uh, we're loving you through laughter. Have a 